Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to In Domestic Violence, Texas. I am your host, Cynthia Smalls. How is everyone doing today? I pray for all of my sisters that you are well and that you are safe and that you are in a loving environment free of harm to your persons and to your children. I pray that the Lord Jesus Christ would keep you from all hurt, harm, and danger in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, I wanted to come on here today to talk about the second checkpoint that I list in my book, The Blueprint, a woman's spiritual checklist for spotting the busters and the time wasters in your love relationship. However, in my study on domestic violence, I came across some startling statistics that I had to put that teaching on hold to address this issue. And before we get into it, I'm going to read some stories to you because you see, this is why God put it on my heart to start this channel, okay? It is not a men bashing channel. This channel is to inform women of what to look out for so that we don't become the next byline in somebody's news report. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read you three stories from my hometown of New York City because this is another reason why this channel is so near and dear to me because I'm so sick and tired of reading these stories of these women who are being abused, who are being assaulted, and who are losing their lives. Oftentimes, their children are in the room watching all of this go down. And me personally, I am a two-time survivor of domestic violence, and my son witnessed this second incident. So, I had enough. So let me read these three stories to you because you see, some of the men that are watching, they may think that we are bashing men, that this is somehow a figment of our imaginations. It is not a figment of our imagination. These incidents are real. And these people are real. These are flesh and blood women who are losing their lives. So let me just start with story number one, okay? It's, this is coming out of Queens, New York. And the title is, I'm dying, leave. These are the last words of a woman who was being stabbed to death by her intimate partner while her 19-year-old daughter was in the room. So it says, New York City mom stabbed 14 times as helpless daughter watch in horror. 
The 45-year-old woman was found dead in a pool of blood with the suspect lying on top of her when the cops arrived. Officials says she had been stabbed 14 times. A Queens man has been charged with stabbing his 45-year-old girlfriend to death, brutally knifing her in the chest, neck, and torso as the woman's daughter watched in horror, authority says. Carmelo Mendoza, 41, stabbed himself multiple times in the stomach after the argument at his Jackson Heights apartment last Friday, prosecutors say. He remains hospitalized but has been charged with murder, and rightly so, and other crimes in the death of Miss Jacqueline Colabo, C-O-L-L-A-D-O. Prosecutors say Colado was stabbed a total of 14 times. It wasn't clear what prompted the early morning argument on July 3rd. We can only imagine. At some point, Collado told her 19-year-old daughter, who also lives in the apartment, to leave so she wouldn't hear them fighting, according to the criminal complaint. The daughter was in her room when she heard her mother scream her name, prosecutors say. She ran out and rushed towards her mother and Mendoza. She allegedly saw Mendoza stab her mom repeatedly and tried to push him off her, even resorting to throwing various items at him to get him to stop. Mendoza fell to the floor at one point but got back up and allegedly continued the stabbing attack, prosecutors say. The daughter then heard her mother say to her in Spanish, I'm dying, leave. The young woman whose leg was slashed when she tried to intervene then ran out of the apartment and began banging on the neighbor's door, screaming for help, according to prosecutors. She then called her boyfriend at 911, and when the cops arrived, they found Mendoza lying on top of the victim, who was dead in a pool of blood with a, with a kitchen knife nearby. Mendoza faces up to life in prison if convicted. Information on a possible attorney for him wasn't immediately available. Story number one. Story number two. It doesn't end. Listen, we are not making these things up, right? This is why we need to find out who these men are and who raised them to be like this, right? Okay, story number two, again, out of New York City, jilted NYPD officer. Now we're talking about a cop, okay? A cop who is opposed to what? Serve the community, uphold the peace, and keep us from harm. <laughs> He's the one that's doing the harm. Jilted. He can't take... Some men just can't take when it's over. When it's over, it is over for us. You going to have to go. Jilted NYPD officer busted for a terrifying 4th of July rampage outside ex-girlfriend's queen's home. Officer Ernie Moran, a jilted city cop, exploded on the 4th of July terrifying his ex-girlfriend's brother and her landlord in three violent visits to the queen's home where she fled 
to escape the spurn officers, the, the spurn officer authorities charged. NYPD officer Ernie Moran was arrested on a, on a variety of charges after a hair-raising 30-minute incident in which he menaced the landlord. Now, what the landlord got to do with all of this? He menaced the landlord, smashed two 45-pound planters. Them things are heavy. I try to move a half a tree in my house. That thing is heavy, but two 45-pound planters and hurled the broken shards at the man's door as as his rage intensified, said officials. Moran even identified himself as a cop. Really? He identified himself as a cop during the late night rampage, the landlord told the Daily News. That's the newspaper in New York. A lunatic, said David Marrero, who called the police among amid Moran's violent meltdown. His demeanor, his actions, kicking, pounding the door, screaming at the top of his lungs. And this is an officer. This is unbecoming of an officer. Romero recounted how his attempts to de-escalate the situation only further enraged Moran, who announced he was looking for his former girlfriend. The next thing he says, I'm a cop, I got a badge, and he hold and he's holding his hand over his back pocket. Really? You gonna pull out your firearm? What you doing, officer? said the landlord who called the cop who called the NYPD three times when Romero kept returning to his Jackson Heights home. Pretty dangerous situation when you can't see your ex-girlfriend, right? So the ex-girlfriend and her brother Steven Sanchez, 26, moved into the apartment only six weeks ago in an effort to steer clear of the obsessed Officer, this woman has fled her previous home thinking she had found another safe location only for this cop to find her, beat down the door, terrorize the landlord looking for her. Okay, so he would treat her badly and then cry like they always do. My love, don't leave me, said Sanchez. This is the woman's brother. Adding that Moran would threaten his sister by warning, I know how to hit you without leaving marks. <sighs> See, this is why I'm so sick and tired. When she broke up with Moran a little more than a year ago after they began dating, the cops started showing up at her old home with a message for her. If you're not mine, you're no one, you're nobody else's. Haven't we heard that all before? The jealousy field fireworks started around 11.30 p.m. on July 4th when Moran, after allegedly threatening the ex-girlfriend in text messages, appeared at her new home to hammer on the door and bellow her name for five frightening minutes. The girlfriend was out with her friends for the holiday. She didn't even know what was going on back at the ranch. So he was in full meltdown, obviously. Immediately, uh, he immediately dialed 911 before stepping outside in an effort to calm Moran down. And this is what the landlord was doing. He's seen this cop in full meltdown, okay? So the cop howled, I know she's in there. Don't lie to me. I know she in there. Romero 
okay, the landlord, convinced him to leave, then called 911 to say everything has been resolved, but the landlord was wrong, y'all. Romero, let's see, um, he said, 10 minutes later, it sounds like a truck is hitting my house, more violent than before. It was just crazy. When I looked out the window, I see this lunatic holding 45-pound planters that were up there throwing it at the door. Romero, he called 911 again before calling Sanchez to come outside with him. When the cops arrived, Moran had disappeared. Oh, Moran, <laughs> I thought you were so big and bad, you up there throwing planters. And why every time the cops is called, they, they want to run away? No, stick around. You were there to cause all this chaos and confusion and terrorizing everybody. Why are you leaving? You a big man on campus, right? Stick around. But no, they always flee the scene. Bunch of cowards. That's what they are, bunch of cowards. But as the landlord cleaned up the mess outside his broken front door, Moran returned for a third time. Probably around the corner waiting to see when the cops leave, because that's what they do. They 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 go and, and tuck away somewhere looking to see, you know, what you're saying to the cops and what the cops are doing. And and then when when they leave here, he come again. <sighs> okay. I'm sweeping. This is this poor landlord, okay? He should file domestic violence charges against this cop for all what this cop put him through that, that night. Okay, so he's he's like, I'm sweeping, and I hear the maniac, the lunatic, screaming, running up and down the street. Um, at that moment, I'm terrified for my life. It, this man is trying to run a business here, trying to be a landlord. This woman and her brother moved in. I'm quite sure she gave him the backstory, okay, of what was going on. And now he got to witness this mess, this hot mess. At that moment, I'm terrified for my life. I'm fearful for my family's life. I'm fearful for Steven's life. That's the brother. I'm fearful for everyone in the house. I would be too. Romero locked his apartment door. The landlord locked his apartment door and rushed to call police again. This is like the third or fourth time. Within minutes, five or six cars show up. But guess what, y'all? Moran vanished again. The NYPD kept a patrol car outside um, outside in case he returned. Just before 2 a.m., a calm down Moran called Sanchez, that's the brother, as if nothing happened, to see if he wanted to hang out. No, I'm not hanging out with you. You over here terrorizing us because you're trying to find my sister. Absolutely not. I don't want to hang out with you. You got to be kidding me. So, Sanchez invited him to come over, but Moran didn't take the bait. Yeah, I would be like, yeah, uh-huh, you know what, yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah, come on over here, and the cops right outside, yeah, come over, right? So, Sanchez said that he and his sister were still afraid that Moran would return. She's scared. She's nervous. She doesn't know what to do, doesn't know if she is going, um, if he's going to want retaliation. However, thank goodness for this part, Moran arrested Wednesday on charges of stalking, aggravated harassment, and criminal mischief, uh, but he was released. Oh, come on. See, this is why we got to get down to, the, to these courts and, and, and to the 
this um, legislation body to get stiffer penalties and stiffer sentences instead of letting them leave on their own recordings to, to do what? More ter terrifying... <sighs> Calm down. Okay, so he was released on his own recordings at a Thursday appearance in Queens Criminal Court. The NYP suspended him without pay. Okay. Thank goodness this woman is safe for the moment. But she got to watch herself. This man sound like a nut. Okay. Third story. Here we go. A woman died after apparent assault at Queens Hospital. I mean, at a Queens Hotel. What is going on in the city of Queens in New York City? Okay, so here we go. A woman died after an apparent assault at, at a Kennedy Airport hotel converted to a homeless shelter, officials said Friday. The 51-year-old victim, whose name was not released, was found about 1.45 p.m. at the Gate Hotel on South Conduit Avenue outside JFK Airport in South Ozone Park, Queens. She suffered several, no, she suffered severe injuries to the face and body and was rushed to Jamaica Hospital where she was declared dead, authorities said. A man who lives at the Gate Hotel told the Daily News police, um, told the Daily News police were called when residents smelled a foul odor coming from the fourth floor. There was an awful smell. We smelled it for a couple of hours, the man who asked to remain anonymous said. Police showed up and the guy who lives in the room, here we go. The guy who lives in the room with the woman, he tried to leave by saying, um, he said his dad was waiting for him in the parking lot and he had to go. You ain't got to go nowhere. <laughs> you are the suspect. So police cleared the um cleared the floor and took the 44-year-old man um, residents identified as the woman's partner into custody for questioning. The man had not been charged as a Friday night. An autopsy has been slated to determine just how the woman died. How you think she died? This man killed her. She had injuries, severe injuries among the head and the face and the body. He did it. Okay. And this is why I'm so sick and tired. Okay. So now... Let's get to um, some facts here, okay? These facts are coming from the National Domestic Violence Hotline, okay? Like I said, the reason why I started this channel because it's stories like that is making me sick to my stomach. I can't take it when these men are denying what they're doing. They can't control their emotions. And women, we got to be smarter than this, okay? We we don't want to be the story. No, we want to be the survivor that says, you know what? I recognize that he was not the person for me, that he had these anger, these anger issues, and I was out of there. Amen? Okay, so let me just quickly give us some facts, okay? Because sometimes we... We allow our emotions and feelings get in the way of keep taking these men back into our lives after they have demonstrated the first time that they have a problems with their hands and with that mouth. Okay, so look, and this is why we got to put our minds on the facts. The facts of the case is this, on average, 24 people per minute are victims of rape, physical violence or stalking by an intimate partner in the United States alone. More than 12 million women 
over the course of, of the year are victims of domestic violence. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so nearly three in 10 women, 29% in the U.S. have experienced rape, physical violence, and or stalking by a partner and report a related impact on their functioning, meaning that something was going on with their bodies. They're either in a hospital, they can't figure out what exactly um, were these injuries stated from? Was it from the abuse? Of course, it's from the abuse, right? Okay, nearly 15% of women, 14.8% fourteen, uh, 14 have been injured as a result of rape, physical violence, or stalking by their intimate partner, okay? And uh, one in four women, 24.3%, age 18 and older in the United States have been the victim of severe physical violence by their partner, okay? So let's see, females ages 18 to 24 and 25 to 34 generally experience the highest rates of intimate partner violence. Oh my goodness. Most female victims of intimate partner violence were previously victimized by the same offender, including 77% of females ages 18 to 24, ages 25 to 34, and 81% of females from ages 35 to 49 stalking. One in six women 16.2% in the U.S. have experienced stalking, uh, being a victim of stalking at some point during their lifetime in which they felt very fearful and believed that they or someone close to them could be harmed by their perpetrator. Children, a child witnessed violence and 22%, nearly one in four of intimate partner violence uh, cases in the state courts. 30 to 60% of perpetrators of intimate partner violence also abuse the children in the household. Ladies, and this is why we can't have these men coming into our homes, especially around our children. Now, in closing, we need to find out who are these men, okay? Like I said, that in addition to this channel, I also have a Bible teaching channel. I teach on Christian doctrine. That uh, channel is called Back to God Ministries with Cynthia Smalls. And the highlight of that channel is that we need to come out of, out of our sins to repent, ask the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness and move on so that we can have wisdom when it comes and when it comes to the area of choosing a mate. And so with that in mind, I like to uh, touch on 2 Timothy chapter 3 because this would tell us, because you see, we can't believe what we see in the natural with these men because why? They look good. They feel good. They smell good. They got great jobs. They got a beautiful home. They got, they got awesome careers. They got nice cars. They got money in the bank. They are surrounded by so-called good men. They got good brotherhoods. They get on with their family nicely. Outside of that love relationship with them, everyone would see that this guy got it going on, right? Behind closed doors, 
let's see who he really is behind closed doors because to the general uh, population, to the general public, this man, they are shocked and amazed when they hear about how he has an issue with his anger, how he was charged with domestic violence. So let's take a real look in the spiritual realm of what these men are and what they look like. Okay, so now look. 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 1, and I'm going to read all the way down to verse 7. But understand this, ladies, I put that part in there, ladies, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress. Now, I'm reading the amplified uh, version of the scripture, okay? Um, uh, but understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. Verse 2, for people will be lovers of self. Okay, now this is where we're about to describe who these men are who can't keep their hands to themselves. Okay, they will become lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impaled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. Verse 3, and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, callous and immoral, brutal. Here we go, ladies, haters of good, traitors. You know what a traitor is? A traitor is a, a renegade. Um, he's a betrayer. He will betray your trust. He will betray you in the bedroom. He will betray you in your finances. He's a backstabber. He's a snake in the grass. He is an apostate, okay? Back to the scripture. He's, um, these people are reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasures rather than lovers of God. Verse 5, holding to a form of outward godliness, religion, because they would swear out, oh, I'm a child of God. Oh, yes, I'm just like Enoch. Uh, I walk with God. Okay, well, did God tell you to put your hands around my neck to try to kill me and shoot me in my face in front of my 10-year-old son? Did God tell you that? back to the scripture okay although they have denied its power for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith like i just said i know god didn't tell you to try to kill me okay so and this is where the command of instruction of godly wisdom come into place my ladies look jesus said avoid such people and keep far away from them. We're not making this up. This is scripture. Okay. If we don't want to uh, take the word of what we see with our two eyes, at least take the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. When he says, avoid such people and keep far from them. Why? Because verse six, for among them, meaning all that characteristic I just list, the men that exhibits any one, I don't care if it's half of a characteristic, we are to keep away far from them. Um, verse 6, for among them, those I just listed, are those who worm their way into the homes and captivate morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women weighed down by the burden of their sins. Nine times out of ten is that sexual sin. Like I talk about that great sex we think we so have and will, will jade our 
I was thinking that this man is okay just because he's good in the bedroom. Okay, yeah, he may slap me around every now and again, but the sex is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Get over that because he's worming in. And do you know what to worm into means? This is what he's doing. To get oneself into a desired position or situation in a gradual and usually clever or dishonest way. That's how he's getting in because of our burden of the sexual sin. That's that's how we allow these men to come in, right? And so, and right, verse 7. No, okay, let me go back up. Um, uh, captivate morally weak and spiritually dwarfed women weighed down by their burdens of their sin, easily swayed by various impulses of the flesh. Okay. Verse seven, we, we are always learning and listening to anybody who would teach them, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And what is the knowledge of the truth? We need to flee and keep away from any man that exhibits these characteristics. Otherwise, we are going to end up in somebody's newspaper talking about how we lost our lives and the community at large looking at the men saying, what happened? What could have caused all of this? But we behind the scenes has been experiencing each and every one of these dysfunctional, satanic, demonic characteristics that these men are exhibiting in our homes and around our children. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we come to the knowledge of the truth that we need to come to Christ in order to be saved. Because yes, we have the court system there. We have certain policies and procedures that are put in place to protect women but that's just paper and father we know that a piece of paper does not save these women but you do glory be to god thank you heavenly father i pray that the women that's watching this would tune in to my other channel so that they can get real sound biblical teaching that we need to repent of our sins, come out of this sexual sin in this area where these men are concerned and get saved. Until next time, I'll talk to you all soon. Be safe and watch for my next video. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye